This is God's servant Philip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Let's get into God's word and let's see what the Holy Spirit has to minister to us today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we come to you. We are in your presence. We have received so much already. We have received so much already. We cannot deny it. We cannot ignore the, the word that has come. Through prayer, through exhortation, through worship, through, our, through the singing of your anointed ones, Lord. We've, we've received so much of word. Even through the announcement, Father, we've received word. Everything that has taken place in this place, in this, in this sanctuary, Lord, we've received from you. And Lord, we are eager to receive more. Lord, we want to be benefited. We want to be fully benefited. We want to make full use of being in your presence. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. We want to feel that fullness today. That fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. We want that pleasures that last longer than all the pleasures of this world. The passing pleasures of sin. Lord, we, we despise it. But we choose to be we choose to have, to, to be pleased by the pleasures of God. We choose to be made joyful by the pleasures of God. Amen. The river of your delight. Oh, we want to drink deep of it this morning. Minister to your people, Father. Minister to your people. Minister to your people. Minister to your children. Thank you, Pa. Young and old, let everyone receive of your word. Clarity. Clarity. Thank you, Father. To name be lifted up in our midst. Thank you. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit has been ministering to us some amazing principles in the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 60 and verse 7. Isaiah 60 and verse 7 says, I shall glorify my glorious house. Amen. We heard the voice of the Lord clearly. Man, these past few weeks, clearly instructing us to say the word. That's right. Rest. Man, instructing us to rest. It's a good instruction to have. Now, I wish we, we will get to hear that from our parents, our, our employers. You go take rest. Uh, it's a good instruction to have. But only God can place it like that. Go rest. Come a while and rest. Come, come away and rest a while. Amen. Only Jesus can say things like that. Come away and rest a while. Because he knows how much we can run. He, he knows exactly how much battery is left in us. He knows how much, how much we need a recharge from him. A touch from him. Amen. That, that, that breath over us. He knows that. Hallelujah. So the instruction is to enjoy his presence. Say presence. Say presence. Paul say presence. Enjoy his presence. Say presence. The instruction is to enjoy his presence. And to enjoy intimacy with the Lord. Say intimacy with the Lord. Say intimacy. Say intimacy one more time. Say presence. At his presence there is fullness of. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You, you, must, you, you, you will know this. Pleasure is attached to intimacy. In relationship, pleasure is attached to intimacy. There is no 
pleasure without intimacy. There is no pleasure without intimacy. Pleasure is the result of intimacy. And here we are being instructed, rest, come away. Rest a while. Come away, not go away, come away. Rest a while. It's an invitation, say invitation. An invitation, we heard that, come all who weary. Man, come all who are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Bring your addictions. Bring your addictions. Bring all your burdens. Receive from me. Learn from me. I am meek and lowly. Amen. My burden is? Say light. Say light. Uh, uh, how many of you love the idea of light burden? Uh, it's, it's very nice to have a light burden. Amen. My burden is light. My yoke is? Easy. Huh? That's right. Like a light baggage. Very light baggage. It, it feels good on you. It feels good on you. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. Now this is, I believe, uh, you know, we are, not being, we, are being, we are not being asked to be sluggish concerning our work in the kingdom. That's not the idea. When I say rest, you know, we like to go the other extreme and think, okay, that means no work. Let's all put our feet up and just chill. That's what it means. That's not what it means. Now the Bible is not, Jesus is not instructing us to be sluggish. We are, in fact, we are to abound in the work of the Lord. Now, we are not to approach the work of the Lord, the ministry of, of the gospel negligently. Cursed is the man who does the work of the Lord negligently. We are not to do that. But we are being instructed by the Holy Spirit to reprioritize. Say reprioritize. To reprioritize, reprioritize things. We have to reprioritize the things in our lives. We have to declutter our lives. Declutter, a lot of clutter. Every junk of this world is coming into our lives. We have to declutter. And I, I got a new phone. You all know that I got a new phone. Yeah. Praise God. And I, I was, before I transferred all the contacts to my new phone, I decided to declutter all my contacts. Delete the ones I don't even know who are they. Some names, no face. So I decided, okay, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to discard those names I can't remember. Uh, some are not even names. Some are like shop names. I don't know. And I can't even remember which shop is that, what they sell. I have no clue. Yeah. So it's good to declutter. It saves a lot of time. It increases your efficiency. Amen. Um, so we are, we are not to approach the work of the Lord negligently, but we have to reprioritize. Amen? So what is important to understand is ministry must not stand in the way of you being close to the master. The ministry that he has, that he has handed over to you, the, the, the ministry that he has given you. Amen? It must not stand in the way of you enjoying intimacy with the Lord. Now we, we, are, we are too good in all these things. You know, we, are, we are so busy for working things, working for the Lord. We are, we are so busy with ministry. We don't have time to pray. We don't have time to sit with Him. We don't have time to listen to Him. We are busy all the time. We are in gospel work. Engaged in the work of the Lord. That's not the idea that God has given us. That's not God's plan. That's not God's plan. Yes, there are seasons where we have to, uh, like you know, 
do more work than we do otherwise but god's plan of work is not disconnected from you spending time with him and you being with him and you cannot have ministry without the master because the ministry comes from the lord it's the lord's ministry that you're doing and don't make it your ministry there is no such thing as your ministry is the lord's ministry the work belongs to the lord if you study when you study the gospel you'll realize one thing and there was a maze considering this the other day the inner circle of jesus was not about labor i will i'll give you time to think about it the inner circle how many of you know that jesus had an inner circle he had a 70 he had a 12 we had a, an inner circle the three the inner circle of jesus was never about labor or hard work neither was it about intense planning and execution the inner circle of jesus was about leaning on his bosom out of all the disciples there is one disciple who said and of whom it is said that he leaned on his bosom wow but he was one of the inner circle he leaned on his so the inner circle means leaning on his bosom some of you need to hear this today you want to be part of the inner circle learn to lean on his bosom you're not getting this you want to be part of the inner circle of christ that inner circle of christ you have to learn to lean on his bosom take the freedom to lean on his bosom take to take the freedom to sit on his lap the inner circle of jesus was not about striving and 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 laboring it out the inner circle of jesus was about witnessing the transfiguration they were sleeping by the way you know that they were sleeping when they witnessed the transfiguration they woke from their sleep and said they are seeing that the supernatural event only three of them could see that there's a jesus with moses and and elijah the inner circle of jesus was about going to the garden of getsemane getsemane to pray that was in a circle doing not raising funds for him not pitching tents for him or building platforms for him the inner circle was with him going to the garden of getsemane to pray keep watch with me he said the inner circle was about witnessing the the resurrection of the daughter of jairus all the others are asked to stay outside he they went inside the three of them so the inner circle was about going to places with jesus say with jesus it was about going to places with jesus where others had restricted entry now you can decide where you want to be you can decide where you want to be you can decide where you want to be you want to be in the inner circle learn to take that freedom and tell him i want to sit on your lap and i might be extremely busy but my children will not miss uh, an opportunity to come and sit on my lap or climb on my shoulder i might ask them to go away because i am an earthly father but the heavenly father will not do that being in the inner circle men the receiving revelation of jesus christ and beholding the majesty of the risen christ 
even while in exile on an island called patmos that's in a circle that's in a circle as in a circle the one of the those in the inner circle who said we have witnessed we are eyewitnesses of his glory of his majesty we are eyewitnesses of his majesty as in a circle who wrote things like this that which we have handled that which we have touched so the inner circle is about touching it's about handling it's about leaning it's about praying together it's about listening it's about listening but some christians is they've got it all wrong they think inner circle is about more responsibilities it's about raising funds it's about being in charge of the treasury that's what judas thought he thought he was somebody he was in charge of the money he was always money minded he was always mindful of what's how much is left in the treasury he used to you know you know what he did right without anybody's knowledge he thought he was pilfering some money but he thought that's what it is about being in the inner circle he's got he's got that authority we have this wrong understanding inner circle means more titles and responsibilities that is wrong the inner circle is about rest say rest it's about rest the inner circle is about rest the inner circle is about intimacy it's about intimacy it's about listening it's about beholding touching leaning amen and i want you to understand okay now we are looking at the disciples and i'm telling you jesus had an inner circle and you're all like, oh wow that's nice so some people are in a circle some people are out of circle you must understand christian life is life in the inner circle christian life is actually life in the in the inner circle that's right your life in christ is supposed to be in the inner circle with christ man you're seated with whom with christ in the heavenly places that's what blesses with every spiritual blessings everything pertaining to life and godliness is only yours it's about rest everything is yours all you need to do is just activate it by faith just receive it by faith walk in it by faith no christ it's in the true knowledge of christ everything that you need in this life in godliness everything pertaining to life and godliness is yours in the true knowledge it's about knowing him knowing is about intimacy it's about intimacy is about intimacy you cannot know a person running along with him you got to sit down you got to talk you got to have coffee you got to have breakfast you look at those just just those pictures must flash in your mind in the scripture he had breakfast with them he had meals with them he had supper with them the most important day of his life the most important day of his life what is he doing he's having supper with them he's having supper with them a night later a few hours later you know what's going to happen the most important the most crucial day of his life he chose to have supper with them and after he was resurrected he chose to have breakfast with them we miss out on these things 
Now the disciples also, also missed out on these things. They went to toil in the sea. But when they got to the shore, they realized, okay, breakfast is ready. They were striving to get some fish. When they reached the, the shore, fish was only laid on charcoal. You must get this. See, striving. No, say no. And no, he's God. See, striving and know that he's Christ. He's your Christ. He's all that you need to know. Now today we sang that song, Ni Matramadi. You, you must understand what that song means. You know, you're all that I need. Because you know that he is your Jaira. You know that he is your Rafa. You know that he is your Shalom. You know that he is Shama. Amen. You know that he is Elyon. Is everything that you need. Everything that you need is in him. Everything that you need. It is vain to labor. It's vain to get up early. It's vain to do this and that. Do what the Lord says. Do what the Lord says. Cast your net on the other side. Do that. Cast your, uh, you know, uh, give me the boat. Give him the boat. Amen. Go catch a fish. Find out what's in the, in the tummy of the fish. Okay, go pay your tax. Life is simple. There's a, there's a multitude to feed. What you must do? Go and find out what is there. They came back with something. Five loaves and two fish. That's enough. Let's do it. And last week we were looking at how sowing and rest are connected. You sow and go to sleep. Say go to sleep. Sow and go to sleep. The Holy Spirit taught us that you must sow and go to sleep. Because sprouting is a supernatural phenomenon. It's a supernatural phenomenon. Harvest is a divine activity. It's a divinely brought forth phenomenon. You don't have to strive about it. And let's read that scripture one more time. Just for, for, the, for the sake of people who are coming here for the first time or missed out on last week's message. Just a scripture one last time. Mark chapter 4, 26 to 29. Mark chapter tw uh, 4, verses 26 to 29. And he was saying, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil and he goes to bed at night. One more time. And he goes to bed at night. Not to the field at night. The kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil and he goes to bed at night and gets up by day and the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. The soil produces crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. The soil produces crops by itself. But when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Look at this, sleepless nights, this scripture tells me that sleepless nights do not belong to the one who has sown faithfully. Sleepless nights does not belong to the one who has sown faithfully. If you have sown faithfully, sleepless night is not your portion. Only the ones who have missed the season of sowing must be worried about their sleep. If you miss your sowing, yes, you need to be worried because you don't know what's going to come. You will reap in emptiness. If you have sown nothing, you will reap in emptiness. But the ones who have sown faithfully need not be worried about anything. Just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. You know, one, of the, one of the rewards of faithful sowing is rest. 
Rest is one of the rewards of faithful sowing. Sleep is one of the rewards of faithful sowing. You sow faithfully, you will have sleep. That's from God. That's your portion. And see, you must understand, all these are principles that God has established. And then in Genesis chapter 8, we read that about, about godly principle. This is a godly principle. And I want to establish that for you. In the scripture, we find this. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. While the earth remains, let's read it together. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Who is saying this? Who is saying this? Not uh, Joe Biden. Not the United Nations. Not any of those organizations, by the way, or any of those kings or presidents. God is saying, as the earth remains, this will not change. Seed time and harvest. Cold and heat. So now they're talking about climate change. They're making a big deal out of it. That's the next scare. That's the next scare that's coming your way. It's a billion dollar project, by the way. While the earth remains, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Shall not cease. I mean, there's no change. He is the one who says, if there is change, he will tell you. Amen. There's no change. They all say it's going to change. It's going to change. It's changing. It's changing. But the Bible says it shall not cease. The Bible says it shall not cease. These things shall not cease. Earth remains. Sea time and harvest remains. Cold and heat remains. Summer and winter remains. Day and night remains. It shall not cease. God, God established this. Say God established this. God established these things. Who can reverse these things? Who can reverse? God is the one who established this. Nobody can reverse. Nobody can reverse. So make no mistakes. Huh? That's right. Establish with the sign of promise. That's right. The ball on the sky. He put a ball in the sky. A sign of promise to establish his principle. And today they have they've corrupted the, the sign of his promise also. The very sign of his promise which establishes God's commitment to these things, they've corrupted it. It's become a symbol of evil, wickedness, perversion. The rainbow. What is the rainbow? The sign of God's promise that these things remain. But for the world, it has become something else. Ecclesiastes 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. To everything there is a season. Say season. To everything there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born. A time to die. A time to plant. And a time to pluck what is planted. A time to plant. And a time to pluck what is planted. The seasons. We all are going through seasons. Established by God. Established by God. There's a season to sow. There's a season to reap. There's a season to plant. There's a season to pluck. 
Amen. And we must walk in the awareness of these things. And then we can live differently. Now today we are clueless about these things. We are confused about these things. Now every day you must have this awareness. There is, if there is a seed time, there is a harvest. You must know when there is a seed time. And you, must, you will know when the harvest comes. Now, at any given point of time in your life, you must be doing any of these three things. You know what it is? Sowing the seed. A. B. Sleeping. That's right. C. Reaping or harvesting. Any given point of your life, you must be doing any of these three things. Either you must be sowing the seed or you, you must be sleeping in wait for the harvest because you know that you've sown the seed in the time, in the right season. Okay? Or you must be reaping because you've sown and you've slept and you have now gotten up to reap the harvest. Simple principle to go by. So which season are you going in right now? Are you in the sowing or the sleeping or the, or the harvesting? I hope you're all in the sleeping now. That's God's desire for you, by the way. That's God's desire for you. If you're done your sowing, you can sleep. You can sleep. No, I like what uh, Pastor Vin shared. I hope some of you are taken there also. And how can you sow? You can sow in different ways. Now, some of you have money to sow. Sow your money. Some of you have time to sow. Sow your time. Some of you have abilities and skills to sow. Sow your skills and abilities. There are different ways you can sow. But I can, I can assure you one thing. You all will have seeds to sow. Because the Bible says, He gives seed to the, to the sower. That's right. You have, see, the, the Bible says, the Bible guarantees that he gives, he's the one who gives seed to the sower. He's the one who gives seed to the sower. So don't, don't make statements like, oh, I didn't have anything, I didn't have anything to give. Uh, I wish I, I could do something about it. Um, if, I, if only I had, forget millionaire, if only I had, uh, you know, a few hundreds, I would have done something. You don't have a few hundreds to take because you didn't sow in the previous season. Now you're making the same mistake. Sow what you have. Sow what you have. Whatever you have, sow. If it is chakkas you have, chak, sow chakkas. I just remembered a story of your dad. The time in their lives, you, can, you should meet this family. You know who they are, right? The pastor Sunny's children. You, you must go and spend some time with them um, and just talk to them and ask them to share the testimonies with you. I wish I can make them do it right now. But I'm not going to do it. But you can do it to them on a personal level. At times when they, they didn't have food to, to eat, all they had was chakkas. Their parents were surviving on chakka, jackfruit. Right? Because they didn't have a place to stay. They didn't have a, 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 a land to you know, be in. But they, was, they were living in a certain place. And they were allowed to 
యా ఈట్ చక్కా చక్క ఇన్ ద మార్నింగ్ చక్కా ఫర్ లంచ్ చక్కా ఫర్ డిన్నర్ డిఫరెంట్ వెరైటీస్ పుడింగేద పాడతద నౌ ఇఫ్ యు గో బై దే హౌస్ వేర్ దే లివ్ నౌ ఎవరీబడి యు విల్ గెట్ సంథింగ్ టు డు విత్ చక్కా a sign of god's promise over them because they they lived in a state of their life they lived on chakka now they are giving chakkas not just chakkas okay i'm just giving you if you want to have some bullseye or some some sunny side up some eggs made in different forms go to their home there'll be enough and more the first time i ate four eggs in one shot is four bullseyes on one plate made by their mom now by the way just for you to know the the daughter is a doctor okay uh, a naturopathy doctor not a small fish she is a gold medalist from which university is this huh which university did you study in mgr university tamil nadu gold medalist from there she is going to go for her masters in public health okay in a government college where only had 35 seats she landed in one of those seats because the father sold the mother sold the son is running a a music academy every day he gets up at early in the morning teaching students around the world music you you will not know the intensity of what i am sharing because you don't know this family but their father sowed the mother sowed they also sowed now they're reaping they slept i believe you slept in between waiting for the harvest the harvest is going to be plenty you just started the harvest amen hallelujah hallelujah so sleep reap slow so sleep and reap now if you miss the sowing neither will you have rest nor will you have the harvest if you miss the sowing neither will you have rest nor will you have the harvest now it is very sad to see christians miss the sowing season it is also sad to see christians growing weary before the harvest some of them miss the sowing and then they are all worried some of them have sown but they get worked up because they are waiting and they growing weary the harvest is not for the worn out people the harvest is not for the worn out ones galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 let us not lose heart in doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not grow weary don't jump seasons don't fast forward seasons you know believe in the organic growth believe in the organic growth believe in the organic process let us not lose heart in doing good for in due time we will reap if you do not grow weary you know that is why it is important for us to be patient and be rested while you wait for the harvest you must know when the harvest comes now i'm i'm going to read a, a passage which god reminded me yesterday from joshua chapter 3 verses 14 to 16 
You know, just for you to know the context. This is Joshua and the Israelites. Who died before that? Moses, the servant of God, died. The meekest man who walked the face of the earth. He died. And before he died, God allowed him to go up a mountain and see the promised land from a distance. God said, that's the land that I promised you. But you're not going to enter in. But you're going to, I'm going to show you that land. You can see the land. But you're going to die now. But I'm going to raise another person in your place. And as I was with you, I'm going to be with that person. And God raised Joshua. God raised Joshua. And Moses laid his hands on him. And imparted upon him. That the anointing to be a leader. And just as the Lord was with Moses, he was with Joshua, the Bible says. No man was able to stand before him all the days of his life. That was Joshua. So now, we read in the book of Joshua. After the death of Moses, now they are ready to, ready to enter in the promised land. What is between them and the promised land? Say it loud. Jordan, the river Jordan. So they have to cross the river Jordan. Enter into the promised land only by crossing the river Jordan. Now some of you are waiting for your promise to manifest. You've received a word from the Lord. You received a, a promise from the Lord. You have sown your seed and you're waiting. And you have to cross over to the manifestation of your promise. You have to cross the Jordan. By the way, the river Jordan signifies so many things for the Christian. The river Jordan signifies life. The river Jordan signifies the issues in life. The problems that we face in life. The struggles in life. Now there are songs that, that sing about the river Jordan. Crossing the river Jordan means entering into the rest of God. It, it, it also means entering into eternity. It means entering into the promised land. That's what crossing the Jordan means. The phrase crossing the Jordan means. So because it implies so many things for us as Christians, we must know what is peculiar about Jordan. And I'm going to read and show you what is peculiar about Jordan. Joshua chapter 3 verses 14 to 16. When the people set out from the tents to cross the Jordan, with the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and when those who carried the Ark came into the Jordan, and the feet of the priests carrying the Ark were dipped in the edge of the water. Now check this out. For the Jordan overflows all its banks all the days of harvest. The waters which were flowing down from above stood and rose up in one heap at a great distance away at Adam. Let's go into that. But look at this. So Joshua and the Israelites have to cross over the Jordan. Okay, to enter into the promised land. They were about to make the greatest conquest they've ever made. The conquest of the promised land. Everything is set. Across the river lies the land which God promised their forefathers. Across the river lies the land which God promised Moses or showed Moses before he died. Moses died. Handed over the responsibility to Joshua. God raised Joshua up to enter in and to take possession of the land. He just have to cross over the river Jordan. The only thing that separated them from the promised land is the river Jordan. Crossing the river Jordan is not just an event which took place in the life of Joshua the son of Nun. Or noon is much more significant than that. There is something the Lord wants to show us. It is historic, yes, but it's also 
symbolic, a prophetic. Crossing the river Jordan is, that's why we have so many songs, we have so many allegories, so many uh, messages or sermons or expressions which talk about crossing the river Jordan. Because it is prophetic. Look at this. It says, For the river Jordan overflows all its banks all the days of harvest. That is what is peculiar about Jordan. The time of harvest, this river overflows all its banks. So Joshua did not cross over the river Jordan. You all know the, the rest of the story when the priest the feet of the priest touched the water. The, the water that flowed from above stood as a heap. Okay? And dry land appeared. They could cross over. We know the story. But you are thinking of the river Jordan as a small, tiny little river like the rivers that we see in our land which dries up in summertime. No. This river overflows all its banks in the time of the harvest. Everything is significant. Harvest is there. Crossing over to the promised land is there. Taking possession is there. But there's only one problem here. This river overflows all its banks. You, you may have received promise from the Lord. You may be waiting for th on the Lord for things to happen in your life. You might be waiting for the manifestation of that word which, which you received. You would have sown and you're waiting patiently for the Lord. And things are going helter-skelter. Things are going berserk. Things are going uh, crazy. All the banks of this river in front of you flooding up. The river is turbulent. You can't even see what lies on the other side. It makes a terrific sound. The, the flowing river, the turbulent river makes a terrific sound. The terrifying sound which can scare you. But you have to cross over in order to reach the promised land. At the time of, but the problem is, in the time of the harvest, all the time of the harvest, this river, all the banks of this river will flood and overflow. It's not a small stream they have to cross. So why do you think God, before God sent Joshua to cross over the river Jordan, God told many things. He said, do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Only do the things that I command you to do. Wherever your, the soles of your feet will tread shall be yours. You touch the water, that shall be yours. The riverbank shall be yours. Wherever your foot treads shall be yours. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. No one will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Why so much of encouragement? Just crossing a small river and they're done. A small river to cross. But the, the kind of encouragement, the build-up there is incredible. It is undeniable. You cannot escape it. You know why? Because this river is peculiar. All the days of the harvest, this river will flow, overflow. It will flood. You might be so close to your harvest. You might be so close to the promise that God has given you. You might be so close to crossing over. But you can miss out. If you get terrified by the river that flows before you. If you are going to look at things. If you are going to listen to the sound of the river. If you are going to look at how this is flowing. If you are going to look at all the banks. You are checking out all the banks around the river. All the banks are flooded. 
And they're saying, there is, it's not possible to cross this river. It's not possible to cross this river. But the evidence of the harvest is the fact that the river is overflowing. The river overflowing is the evidence of the fact that it is harvest time. And God told him, this is the time to cross over. But what you see does not match with what you think. It does not match with your experience. It does not match with your senses. Your wisdom does not, does not go with what you see. Because the river is overflowing. And all you can see is the, the flooded banks of this river. All you can hear is the roaring flow of this river. But God has said, on the other side lies your promised land. I'll tell you the secret. I'll tell you the secret of crossing over. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. Every place your foot treads shall be yours. No man will be able to stand before you. All the days of your life, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Only be careful to do what I have commanded you. You will make your way, even the way across the river, prosperous. And you will have success even across the turbulent river. You will have be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Again he said, only be strong and courageous. Do not tremble. Do not be dismayed. These are the words. I'm, I'm not just making these words up. You can read Joshua chapter 1. You'll see all these words. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Even if you cross the river, across the river, He will come with you. If that is not enough, after the Lord has, the Lord has spoken all these things to Joshua, even the people came to him and said, as we stood with Moses, we'll stand with you. You just tell us, we'll obey you. Do not be afraid, they also said. Be strong and courageous, they also said, by the way. The people are telling him, be courageous, be strong, we are with you. We'll obey you. Everything is ready. The timing of God, the harvest time. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest remains. Everything will align. Everything will align to the, the timing of God. Everything. The sun, moon and the stars will align to the timing of God. The flow of the river will align to the timing of God. The readiness of the people, resources. What are you in need of? You need people? You need people? How many you need? I have prayed. I have asked the Lord, I need people. And I wanted a full band. I am still praying. By the way, I am not, I'm not done with this yet. Yeah, Benoit and Royce just make a note of this. As of it, they have enough headache. Planning for the new place and all. They think, okay, now what can we do? They, they are complaining all the time. They are complaining that we got a big keyboard. I want a choir. That's right. I want a, an orchestra. My desire. If the Lord had isn't coming, I want to see all these things. I want to worship the Lord. What do you need? What do you need, Lito? What do you need? God gave you a house. You're content with that. But I'm telling you, the Lord is going to bless you. He's going to bless your family on account of you because you serve the Lord. Because you chose to serve Him. Is it a small thing for the Lord? Is it a small thing that you serve Him? Is it a small thing that your, your parents served him faithfully? It's not a small thing. He, he is not, 
He will not forget your labor. He will not forget the labor of your parents. The righteous of the Lord, the children of the righteous are taught by God and grace shall be their well-being. Grace shall be their well-being. You serve the Lord, your children are blessed. That's right, I've not seen, I've been young, I've been old, but I've not seen the righteous begging for bread. The children of the righteous begging for bread. I've not seen. I've not seen. Some of you have sown faithfully. Blessing you have sown faithfully. And I've seen you sow into the kingdom. In many ways, with your time, with your efforts, in many ways. And I personally am encouraged by the way you carried yourself in serving the Lord. You're much younger to me, but I've, I've been inspired by you. And you're sowing. You're going to sow greater things than this. Amen? Now, whatever you have sown, whatever you have sown, you think you have, like, you know, the, oh, that was a mistake maybe? No, it's not a mistake. It was not a mistake. The sowing that you've done is not a mistake. It is not a mistake. Sowing is never a mistake, by the way. The sowing is never a mistake. Because a seed was, came to you from the Father. It came to you from God. If you did not sow, there was a mistake. But if you sow, if you sowed, it is not a mistake. Hallelujah. So when you see the overflowing banks, do not tremble. When you see the flooded Jordan, do not be dismayed. This is what the Lord was telling him. This is what the Lord was telling him in Joshua chapter 1. This is what the Lord was telling him actually. When you see the overflowing banks, do not tremble. He said, do not tremble. Then he said, do not be dismayed. Why? When you see the overflowing, the, the turbulent waters, do not be dismayed. Be strong and courageous. Wherever your soul, the soul of your feet treads shall be yours. He, it was literal for him. It was literal. You cross the water, that will be yours. The, the, the land will be yours to cross over. You want some dry land to cross over? You put your feet on the ground, on the water. It will part for you to cross over because it is yours. It is for, yours for the season. The banks are overflowing. It is harvest time. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Only be careful to do what the Lord has commanded you. Only be strong and courageous. Joshua commanded the priest to carry the Ark of the Covenant and approach the river. And when their feet touched the Jordan, the river rose and stood in a great heap. At a far distance in the city of Adam, the Bible says. Not even close to them. At a far distance, they touched. And this river went back to a far distance and stood as a heap. Exposing dry ground to cross over. Hallelujah. Let me ask you a few questions before I close. Okay, just a few small questions. So what is the secret here? What made the river to part? Okay, let's go step by step. What made the river to part? The feet touching the edge of the water. Okay. Whose feet? The feet of the priest. What is peculiar about these priests? They were carrying the, the Ark of the Covenant. What is the Ark of the Covenant? The presence of God. Do you know that you carry greater presence of God than the presence that they carried? 
Now you can be convinced of the presence that you carry, more convinced about the presence that you carried than the ones who carried the Ark of the Covenant. That was just a, a foreshadow. You have the substance. You have the substance. Now He dwells within you. In all His fullness, God dwells in you. In all His fullness. Which means wherever you go, the presence of God is with you. Now Moses had to pray, Lord, let your presence go with me. You don't have to pray that. Wherever you go, the presence will have to come. You just need to be worried about whether you're going to the right places. That's all. In faith, step into the overflow. Do not be intimidated. Do not be afraid. Step into the overflow. What God is asking you to do, do it. Do it. Just do it. Now sow and go to sleep. Sow and go to sleep. The harvest time comes. There'll be a turbulence. There'll be an overflow. There'll be a flooding up. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Do not be worried. Only be strong and courageous. The Lord, your God is with you. Wherever you go. Wherever you go. Amen. Wherever you go. Now you're with your efforts. You know, the, the way some of you, uh, you know, do the work of the Lord is amazing. It's amazing. It's a, I know that you're going to sow. How you approach the work of the Lord in this church. Now I, I only pray that you will all, you will only remain like that. You'll only grow in the sincerity and the, and the truthfulness and the passion to serve the Lord. Continue to sow. Continue to sow. Continue, never stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Sow, sleep. Get up and reap. So sleep, get up and reap. Like they say, repeat. They say that also, right? So sleep, reap, repeat. That's Christian life for you. That's Christian life for you. That's Christian life for you. Purposeful presence of God, wherever you go. Always in the inner circle of God, always. Always in the inner circle of God. You don't have to be worried about what, what's there tomorrow, what's coming up tomorrow. Do not be anxious. We heard that scripture when Han was ministering. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. Do not be worried about tomorrow. Do not be worried. Do not be worried. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, where you're going to stay, what you're going to do. It's the Lord Christ whom you serve. Serve the Lord with all your heart. Heartily serve Him with gladness and sincerity of your hearts. As the Lord Christ whom you serve, the worker is worthy of his, of his wages. The laborer is worthy of his wages. And he's a, good, he's a good employer. He's a good boss. He's a faithful master. Amen. Let's give thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father for assuring us that your presence is always with us. And if your presence is always with us, Lord, wherever we go, you come, you are there. When we cross the mighty rivers, on account of our feet touching the rivers, it will stand as a heap and make way for us to cross over into the place, into the land, into the position that you're giving us, Lord. Every promise that you have made is yes and amen. It's not a probability. It's an assurance. It's a certainty.
and we choose to cross over. Awaken us to that season that we may cross over. Awaken us to that season that we may cross over. Awaken us to the season of harvest. Awaken us to the season of harvest. Until the harvest is ready, cause us to sleep, cause us to be at rest. Even as we heard today, everything that we need was created in six days. Everything that we would ever need was created in six days. It is ours in the true knowledge of Christ. It is ours. Everything pertaining to life and godliness is ours in the true knowledge of Christ. Our portion in life is to behold, to touch, to handle, to lean and to listen. To enjoy intimacy with the Lord. To have pleasure of communing with the Holy Spirit. To be rested in your promises always. Thank you, Pa. Thank you for ministering to your people. Thank you for ministering your word. Thank you for the assurance. Thank you for the assurance. Thank you for the comfort. Thank you for the strengthening. Thank you for the focus. Thank you for the divine alignment. We receive it. Thank you, Pa. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello, this is Nisha Dilakoshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.